Research says that about 18% of adults experience anxiety. And while we think that statistic is a lot lower than the reality, the point is anxiety isn't rare or even all that uncommon. In fact, most people experience anxiety at some time in their life, even if they've never been diagnosed. In today's episode, we're sharing our go-to tips for managing our own anxiety, what we do, what works for us, and why. Let's dive in. So when we first started this podcast, Carolyn, we started making a point to A, be very transparent about what we do and don't do. And we also started with ending a lot of our podcasts with our like mom truths, right? Like what we do. But we haven't done that in a while, mostly because it doesn't apply to all of our episodes. So when it applies, we do it. I was going to say, we're tired of being a mom. And when it doesn't... (laughs) That too, that too. I have my moments for sure. But today's episode idea came from that very thing. What do we do? Yeah. So today we were talking about anxiety and kind of our go-to tips. Yeah. And somehow we both ended up with four each. And honestly, I'm going to say, I don't think I realized I did these things for anxiety or I didn't at least initially. Yes. But I knew I needed to do them, probably because I thought it was more like stress relief or just, I don't know. But at the root, I think it all goes back to kind of quelling anxiety. Yeah, I I would say the same. There's only one on here that I initially knew I was doing for anxiety and the others just kind of fell into part of the management plan. (laughs) So so official okay you want to start okay my favorite one right now is sweating it out like heart pumping just sweat dripping kind of exercise the kind where you can't you you just really can't think because you're so focused on just getting through your you know your workout or or focusing on whatever it is like for me sometimes it's playing tennis I can't really think about my problems when I'm playing tennis that's one but of course like We always talk about the research that supports it. And we've talked about it before. But to refresh, so as little as 10 to 15 minutes can really make a difference. The research says that if you can carve out at least 20, you're really going to reap some of those stress-reducing rewards of physical activity. High-intensity exercise is one that's definitely been shown to have a to lead to larger improvements in stress and anxiety but anything helps but really anything helps yeah yeah and but the high intensity one to me is what gets at like man nothing beats like a hardcore sweat session yeah I agree I'm right there with you in fact I used to feel that like I needed to get up early in the morning just so I could like make my brain a little tired so it would stop overthinking I think yeah that's anxiety yeah that's yeah. exactly right. No, I agree. And you know, you saw me do this in action when we went to Chicago. I just had to leave that thing. I was like, I'm getting on the treadmill. Yeah. And you did that. I mean, you you sweated it all out <laughs> and then took a shower and got redressed and came back to the conference. Because that's what you do. Yeah. Okay. All right. You're up. So my first one is a really new one to me, but I'm kind of obsessed with it. It is going to an infrared sauna like two to three days a week. 
And you are such a believer that actually Carolyn has now insisted that I go to Tuscaloosa and go into this infrared sauna. What do you wear in there? Nothing. Oh. So we're not going in it together. No, but we can't. I've been in one with another person and like we both wore towels. Oh, I was going to say, if I go in there naked with you, I I think that might actually worsen my anxiety. It's big enough for two people. But, okay, I... I'd heard there was good things, you know, like it was good for overall health, but never to the point where I thought I have time for that in my schedule Mm -hmm. or like I Mm -hmm. need to go seek this out. But, you know, I went to the naturopath and so I thought, okay, I'm just going to try all this stuff. Well, I did a few things, but this is the one in addition to some of those supplements, but this is the one I've stuck with. And this is the one, this is like what's responsible for like my new zenness. Mm-hmm. Which I'm mm-hmm. not as laid back this week, but I haven't gone as regularly to the sauna. But you got a little of your pet back. Yeah, this is a. It's just like this heat comes over you, and it's a dry heat, and it's not. It's like 100 to 130 degrees, but it's just like you can't stress. You can't be anxious. It just it chills me out, and it keeps me like chilled out for the week. I go try to go like three times a week. And how long are you sitting there? The most you're supposed to do is 30. I do usually. 22 to 30 minutes but there's also some research that it actually can lift your mood like um, improve depression symptoms lessen anxiety help you feel more relaxed and it can also um, research suggests that it can help with other inflammatory conditions you know which is pretty much everything blood pressure you know and it had legit research around blood pressure yes yeah Anyway, I, I really kind of can't believe I'm saying that, but I'm a little obsessed with it right now. I'm just, I think I'm in awe of like how, how hooked I am because of the noticeable difference I feel. Right. Well, now I guess I'll be coming to Tuscaloosa yeah. and then probably Googling infrared sauna, Birmingham, Alabama. See what I can find. I, am, I was really intrigued though once I saw the research. <laughs> not after I talked about no! it. After you saw the no, I was like, no way, an infrared sauna. I was like, but I think that might help for with my skin. Anyway, oh, yeah. it's like all the different systems. Like, there's benefits. Well, I'm I'm a believer now. I do want to find out though. Like, could I do just like 15 minutes? Because sometimes like 30 minutes is a lot for me one day to carve yeah. out. You yeah, know, like well, I just, and just to 15? sit in there. Yeah. Well, I do. I mean, I listen to a podcast or I read or something. Oh, that's but a good I mean, idea. after a while, I mean, like last ten or fifteen minutes, you're really sweaty and dripping. Yeah, so it's kind of harder. Yeah, no, oh, I'll try it. I'll try it. Okay, so my other one, which I've talked about before on the podcast, is a little bit of coffee. Now, there isn't a lot of research on caffeine for helping with anxiety. I did find, though, this time <laughs> around, a promising study that was done in mice that literally looked at caffeine and anxiety in mice which i thought was pretty cool but still this is not humans so even though there isn't that much research what the the line of thinking kind of goes like this about like how coffee is beneficial is that the caffeine in coffee has the helps us focus Mm -hmm. and it makes us more productive right or i guess really any any caffeine you could probably take tea um and that when you are more productive and focused that lessens your anxiety Uh. because it's it's the not being able if you're prone to anxiety right not being able to focus and get things done can just 
really, I don't know about you, but can make my head pop off my body. So, and I, and I did this, especially when we were in like COVID lockdown, right. Was in the afternoons, my, the caffeine had worn off and my anxiety would kind of tick up. And so I would just have like literally one cup of coffee. That's it. So not a large amount. But just enough, so that's what, like 200 milligrams maybe, tops? Yeah. I'll um, try that. And it totally helped with just kind of getting me through my afternoon to-dos. Well, I don't usually drink caffeine in the afternoon, but like yesterday, I was just anxious and unsettled in the afternoon because the morning had not gone as I had planned it out, and all this stuff that I was supposed to get done, it was one or two, and I had not gotten barely any of it done and then you know you got kids coming home and you know I was just but then I was almost like when I could finally sit down and do it I was almost like too unsettled or too like anxious or scattered right to focus and do it so then I got more you know anxious so I'm gonna try that next time a little bit of coffee not too much you know it makes sense because that's (laughs) you know like with ADD like they give you a stimulant medication is a small stimulant and some people will actually who may not know they have it or have it and don't want to take medication will sometimes self-medicate with a little bit of caffeine just to help them yeah slow down and focus yeah and I've heard that about kids that sometimes kids will gravitate to coffee Mm. if they have ADHD or ADD yeah I I don't that's just an anecdotal tidbit yeah okay good one all right what else is on your list what else okay number two okay now hear me out on this one a drink but doesn't necessarily mean alcohol I do like like one glass of alcohol but I've also gotten hooked on something else and that's like my glass of kombucha I was talking to you we were on a zoom the other night and I said I was like what is in your glass and you were like oh it's kombucha like on the rocks in a wine glass I was like huh yeah you gotta yeah I like to dress it you dressed it up yeah but it really, I don't know what it is. And maybe it's a placebo effect. Who cares? I don't know, Take but I've it. gotten where, I think I've said this before, I've gotten where, like, I kind of want a glass of kombucha dressed up more than I want a glass of wine. Yeah. But I don't know if there's any legit research about the kombucha part, but there actually is some legit research about the drink part. Yes. <laughs> the alcohol yes. part. I mean, kombucha has probiotics in it, yeah. but. I don't know if they work that quick. Right. But they seem to. I don't know. But, um, you know, back we did the alcohol episode last year, and we found that, you know, moderate drinking could potentially lift your mood, reduce stress, tension. Even help with depression. Yeah. Help with depression can also increase happiness and carefree feelings. I think that's what I'm after, the carefree feelings. The carefree feelings. (laughs) Hey, I'm right there with you. Yep. Let's just transition to carefree. Yeah. Not saying it has to be alcohol, but I have found glass of wine or a glass of kombucha and I'm very proud of myself that I'm actually wanting kombucha more than wine I'm I'm sitting over here like what has happened to you what happened to yeah oh my but also too the one of the things that you talked about was that there's also that component that social component yes do you want to go to my next can we go to my next one oh yeah I didn't even realize that I was that I was you know, jumping ahead, spoiling it. But okay. yeah, let's go to your next I'll one. I'll go to my number three, and that is getting out socially. Now, this doesn't have to mean like going out like to a restaurant or anything, but when or like I clubbing. am stressed, huh? Or like clubbing. <laughs> right, right. Doesn't mean you have to club like me. <laughs> 
But um, I wouldn't even know what to wear to go clubbing these days. Do people even still I go clubbing? Less. Do people still I, go clubbing? I guarantee they don't use that term. Well, he's dancing like yeah. it, so yeah. Huh. Less would know. Um, but when I get stressed, and usually that's when my anxiety builds, um, I draw inward. Mm-hmm. You know, and because I'm kind of like the type, and I think we talked about this, like I just keep, you know, just keep your head down and get through it and then we'll come up for air. And I have realized, thanks to my next door neighbor, who will just be like, come on, you're getting out of the house, come sit on the front porch, you know, that I really need that social connection, even if it's just with like one other person. Yeah. But I need to connect with my close friends somehow. Well, I'm with you. And it's. Yeah, it's, it's not good to, like, draw inward and stay there, especially when you've got the anxiety going. Well, and it helps that you have people in your circle that also help, like, recognize it. So even if you want to just go in. Well, like, whoa, whoa. and, you know, I just realized this may be more for me as a single mom because mm-hmm. I don't have another adult in the house. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it may be particularly valuable to me being with another adult. That's right. Kind of like how we had our first Zoom. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your number three? My number three is yoga, which I have really um, revived my yoga practice recently, which has been quite lovely. I remember when I, like, before we did the podcast, like, you used to post, like, a handstand every night. I know. Before bed. I know. Yeah, now I have like, ooh, she's too granola for me, I yeah. think. Now I've gotten into just watching TV with Will until I fall asleep on That's the couch. okay. The, the handstand was a little weird every night. Yeah. It's a yeah. lot. It helped with my sleep. And that oh, was, and it helps with sleep? Well, it helped me with mine. I think it was more that it was part of a bedtime routine. Hmm. You know, gotcha. in the same way that we had those for our, Never for our children when they were babies. Never part of a bedtime routine. No. That's no. okay, though, if it worked for you. It worked for me. Okay. But yoga has always helped me with my mood. I mean, I've, I've been practicing now for almost 10 years. And it started when I, I started doing it, actually, right after I was diagnosed with postpartum depression. And not necessarily because I had been diagnosed with it, but because it was a form of exercise that I knew I could get in at a time in my life. Because the mm. office building where I was, there was a yoga studio in one of the other rented office spaces. Oh. So I would go on my lunch, and I've always known that exercise, I need exercise yeah. for, for my mind. Anyway, so that was how I got into it. But then, of course, naturally, I had to look into the research. And um, yoga has – like research shows that a regular yoga practice can has helped with clinically depressed patients. Um, and in one study, they actually gave – obviously, the two groups, right? There were two groups in there, and then – patients either got a medication or they practice yoga or they had a combination of both a medication and yoga. So sorry, that was three groups. I got that wrong. Anyway, both of the groups that practiced yoga definitely saw an improvement in their cortisol levels and, um, but only the yoga group lowered their depression survey scores. So basically to recap that three groups, the ones who did yoga had the Lower cortisol and depression. more benefits than the ones who just did medicine. Gotcha. And then the ones who only did yoga uh, actually statistically significantly improved their depression scores. I feel like you made that a lot more complicated than it had to be. I probably (laughs) did. 
<laughs> I'm sorry I'm adding to your anxiety. It's a Friday <laughs> afternoon. Yeah. I know, I know. So Well, and when you said cortisol, I forgot when I was looking at some of that infrared sauna research, it says that it lowers Oh. Cortisol. There you go. I forgot about that. There we go. See, see me getting deep actually turned yeah. out to be okay. Yeah. What's your last one? Okay. I mean, not like it's at the bottom of the barrel or anything. I know. It's still legit. Getting outside. I mean, so words I never just, thought Carolyn would I say. Know. I mean, I'm not talking about going for a hike. You offered, though. You I did At one offer, point, you told me you would go on a hike Because I wanted me. to go on this trip, and I yeah. said, look, I'll go with a hike. I'll go on a hike with you. Yeah, okay. if you if we can go on this trip, I'll go on a hike with you, is yeah. what she said. But just getting outside, getting, again, you know, we've done a whole episode on this. I don't know what it is. The green space, the fresh air, the sunlight. All the things. It just, you need to get out of a building. Right. Briefly. Right. Spend some time outdoors. Yeah. And of course, in true Carolyn fashion, she was like, well, how much do I need to do? Mm-hmm. Right? So two hours a week. Oh, I didn't know it was that much. Yeah. But, but you, I think it we can... had less in our podcast episode on no, this. No, this, this came two from weeks. our podcast. Two hours a week. Okay. It's really not that much. Okay. I don't know if I'm meeting that. I need to step it up. Well, maybe that. Yeah. I don't know. You're. I was gonna say maybe maybe that would help, but I don't know that you need to be even more zen than you already are. That's true. But have you been sitting on your patio in this nice weather? No, because there's a layer of pollen in it. Oh. Well, let's get the you pressure washer Call- out. Yeah. Okay. Your f- last one. This is not gonna be a surprise to anybody if they've ever listened well, to any episode before. Talking it out. You love some therapy. I love therapy. Love it. Love it. You know, when I saw the title and I saw this item, I actually thought she meant like talking it out with me, not your no, therapist. No, no, no. <laughs> but that, so I love some therapy, but also I, but so of course, like I wrote this, I was like, I like talking it out. I love therapy, but it also helps me like when I talk to you. I mean, how many times have I sent you a Voxer and I'm like, I just have to vent for a minute. Yeah. Or hello. Same here. Where we came up with rant therapy. Oh, yeah. But anyway, so then I looked, I was like, I have to find some research here. And so here's the thing is that talking it out, like when you talk it out, in a lot of ways, you're actually practicing some of the same things that like a, a trained and licensed therapist might be doing. Like you're raising, you're being more mindful, right, of your feelings and what's triggering you and what's bothering you. Like that's that's part of, of therapy. And then you kind of learn like, okay, well, what led me to these feelings and, you know, why, like, why am I reacting this way? Which I actually learned a new term that those kind of practices are part of dialectical therapy, which is just a, another, is a yeah. type of cognitive behavior therapy. Interesting. So there's something to be said too for just verbally saying what's bothering you. Yeah. Even though you don't, maybe you don't get any good feedback or you don't fix it or anything, but just getting it out of just your brain. Yeah. I agree. Just a word vomit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. An emotional word vomit. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, so those are our eight. Four from you, four from me. I will have to say, I, I like the sweating it out one too, though. So I'm going to oh, yeah. one too. But those are our eight best tips that we really try to incorporate frequently during the week or every day yeah I I would say multiple times a week these are all coming into my life and I know the same for you yeah well in the weeks where it is particularly stressful or I'm just not in a good place 
there's a bunch of these I haven't done. Yes, that is a very good point. Mm-hmm. And it, it's one of those two where I think that it sometimes takes another person asking me for me to realize. Like you'll say to me, you'll be like, when was the last time you exercised? I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> That's the problem, you know? Yeah. I'm not good about realizing that. You're better about being like, well, I haven't been doing this. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's easier to get back. That's true. But still, yeah, it's awareness. So hopefully our uh, mom truths, if we want to call them that, or just what we do, has helped you. Yeah. Let us know if you have any tips. Yes, I would love to. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye, Thank guys. you so much for joining us for the Happy Eating Podcast. I'm Briarly Horton. And I'm Carolyn Williams. If you liked this week's episode, then don't forget to rate and leave us a review on iTunes. And be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss a new episode. We can't wait to have you back at our table next week for a brand new episode. Bye! Bye. The contents discussed in the Happy Eating Podcast, such as advice, studies, text, graphics, images, and other material discussed or presented on the site or podcast are for informational purposes only. Content is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on the Happy Eating Podcast. If you are in crisis or think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you're having suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK, that's 8255, to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you are located outside the United States, call your local emergency line immediately.